last Sunday of having the people just sharing um, on their Bible heroes. One hasn't turned up this morning, so the two who are speaking can take a couple of extra minutes if you would like. And um, I think it's been great. Do you think it's been great how this has been going? It's been terrific, eh? And so this morning we have Marge and we have Vicky and our gentleman hasn't turned up, but that's okay. These girls are going to do a good job of bringing the word of God to us in fullness. Thank you, Toke. Marge, you're up first, sweetheart. Father, thank you for Marge. Thank you for your wisdom, your depth of word that is in her. I pray for her now, Father, as she brings your word. I thank you for the promise that it will not return void, but it will accomplish that for which you have sent it. In Jesus' name, amen. Smile at her. You've no idea what your faces look like when we stand up here to speak. Smile at Marge. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm talking about Ruth this morning. But I'll start off with her mother-in-law. Naomi and her husband and two sons lived in Bethlehem. And when a famine happened, they travelled to Moab. The husband died there. The two sons married Moabite women, or girls. And then these two sons died. One of the widows was Ruth. Ruth was a... Uh, Moab was a country where there was violence, adultery, child sacrifice, and disobedience. Sounds a little bit like New Zealand, doesn't it? <laughs> um, Naomi lived in Moab about 10 years. And when she heard that the Lord had come to the aid of the Israeli people, it was time to go home. Her two daughters-in-law decided to go with her. After a while, Naomi said to the girls, why don't you go back home and find husbands for yourselves? Orpha went back, but Ruth refused to. She said, in, you'll find it in Ruth 1, 16 to 18, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God will be my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. Ruth loved her mother-in-law, and she... Um, and the way she lived out her faith. I loved my mother-in-law, but I was, wasn't very nice sometimes. I had to write and apologise once. Yes. Eventually, Ruth married Boaz, a wealthy farmer. She became the great-granddaughter of King David. And, and right down the... Um, Generation lines towards Jesus. God was, game, was guiding Naomi and Ruth all through these times. I have learned over many years that God will use us for his glory 
whatever has happened in our lives, in our past, he'll use us in ways we wouldn't believe were possible. Look at Ruth's life as an example. And um, I found this ratty, ratty piece of paper that I used to have in my purse for years and I thought I'd burnt it when we shifted, but I believe it's for today, for anyone here. We are meant to fill a place in the heart of God that no one or nothing else can fill. He longs for you. Thank you, Marge, and thank you for the encouragement that if we're faithful, he can do anything and will lead us to such exciting places. R right, Vicky, um, the guy hasn't turned up. Marge only took about three and a half minutes, so like you can go till 12 o'clock if you like. <laughs> <laughs> Father, we thank you for Vicky. We thank you for all that she is and all that she does. We thank you for the way she allows you to express yourself through her life. And again, Father, we pray that this word that you have laid on her heart for our hearts will find a home in each and every one of us this morning. Amen. Okay, I'm talking about Abigail. But I'm not going to start with Abigail. I'm going to start with Proverbs 31 woman. And we'll read from um, 31.10 down to the end. A wife of noble character who can find. She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good and not harm all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hands, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate, where he takes a seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. 
Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honour her for all that her hands have done and let her works bring praise at the city gate. I think this is a very apt description of Abigail, wife of Nabal. But what if the husband of this fine woman is evil in all of his doings? What if he is not respected anywhere because he is a man with no empathy, is selfish, greedy, abusive, disrespectful in everything he does? We can surmise from this that his behaviour and attitude would have extended out to his wife Abigail and to his own household. And we know from seeing abusive relationships that they can appear quite good out in the community and they're way worse behind the closed door. So Nabal was known as a man who was evil in his doings out in the community. What was he like at home? What was he like at home for this woman? Okay, so let's go to the story of David and Abigail. In 1 Samuel 25, this is the Reader's Digest version, um, just for time's sake. Okay, so I've taken some scriptures out, but please go and read the whole story. It is a, it's an amazing story. While David, was in the, uh, while David was in the wilderness, he sent 10 of his young men to greet Nabal, who had been shearing his sheep in the vicinity, with this message, Long life to you, good health to you and your household, and good health to all that is yours. Now I hear that it is sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them. The whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing. Ask your own servants, and they will tell you. Therefore be favourable towards my men, since we come at a festive time. So it was obviously one of their celebrations. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. When David's men arrived, they gave Nabal this message in David's name. Then they waited. Nabal answered, David's servants, who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and my water and the meat that I have slaughtered for my shearers and give it to men who are coming from who knows where? The servants took the message back to David and his reaction was, strap on your swords, guys, we're going out to get them. And he took 400 men. He had 600 men. He left 200 behind and he had 600 men. He took 400. This would indicate that he was not going to go and give him a slap on the wrist. The servant of Nabal's freaked out entirely and ran for help. Where did he go? He went to Abigail. This is because he knew she watches over the affairs of her household and speaks with wisdom. Proverbs 31. The servant went to the only trusted person he could. One of the servants told Abigail, Nabal's wife, David sent messages from the wilderness to give our master his greetings, but he hurled insults at them. 
Yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us. And the whole time we were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. Night and day they walled us around the whole time we were herding our sheep near them. Now think it over and see what you can do because disaster is hanging over our master and this whole household. He is such a wicked man. This is the servant talking. He is such a wicked man that no one can talk to him. Abigail acted very quickly. So we've just skipped through a few things there. She took, get this, this is how much food she took out there. Given that it would be 600 men she was dealing with now, two, she took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five shares of roasted grain, 100 cakes of raisins, 200 cakes of pressed figs and loaded them on donkeys. Then she told her servants, go on ahead, I will follow you. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. I wonder why. As she came riding her donkey into a mountain ravine, there was David and his men descending toward her and she met them. David had just said, it's been useless all my watching over this fellow's property in the wilderness so that nothing of his was missing. He has paid me back evil for good. May God deal with David, be it ever so severely, if by morning I leave alive one male of all who belong to him. So knowing how they, they sort of acted in those days, Abigail probably could have took to her scrapers with her own servants and taken off, knowing that the rest of the household would have been killed. All the males, at least. She would have been free. She didn't do that. When Abigail saw David, she quickly got off her donkey and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. She fell at his feet and said, Pardon your servant, my lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please pay no attention, my lord, to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name means fool, and folly goes with him. And as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my Lord David sent. And now, my Lord, as surely as the Lord your God lives, and as you live, since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, may your enemies and all who are intent on harming my Lord be like Nabal, and let this gift, which your servant has brought to my Lord, be given to the men who follow you. David thanked Abigail for showing him the folly of going and slaughtering a whole household, and blessed her for his wisdom. This is me talking, not the verse. He, he stayed his hand and was obviously very impressed with this amazing woman. Abigail then went home and waited until morning. Because Nabal was actually drunk and partying, he was in good spirits, she could have actually slid this probably past him and he wouldn't be none the wiser. And she told, and she waited until the morning 
when he was sober and she told him what happened. The Bible says he became like stone. So I'm guessing that he probably got so furious with her that he had a stroke and God struck Nabal down 10 days later and he died. David ended up marrying Abigail and she became the wife of a king. Now, through all of the story, this woman was Proverbs 31 woman all the way and she was not coming from a household that was in good order. In the Proverbs 31 story, everything seems to be good in good order there. How do we act when everything is not? The story speaks to me about living for years and years in unhappy and adverse conditions and still coming out victorious. God will not forget you or forsake you. If you have been living with misery, whatever that misery is, turn your face to Jesus and he will rescue you. Well done, because that's a very difficult passage to speak on. If you're living in adversity, God will rescue you. God will rescue you. As we turn our hearts towards communion this morning, I'm going to speak from a scripture that is not associated usually with communion. But turn with me to Matthew 25, starting at verse 14. And Jesus is talking about what it's going to be in the last, like in the last days. <clears throat> Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who caught his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with the two talents gained two more. But the man who had received the one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five masters. Um, the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with the two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent came. Master, he said, I knew, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, 
you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him, and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's more than one point to this parable. One of the points, and the one that we hear preached often, is make sure you use what God gives you to use. Make sure you are faithful with your money in giving to God from your money, from your wealth. But there's another message in here that I think can be overlooked, and it's the message of the heart of the master, which, of course, is an illustration of the Lord. You know, this man was afraid. So first of all, fear is no excuse for not doing what God asks you to do. But he said, I knew, I knew you were wicked. I knew you were this and that. Really? What was he basing that on? Because if you read the scripture, that master was kind. He was kind. Well done. Good and faithful um, servant. He wasn't just saying, oh, good, I'm pleased you did something with it. Well, now it's mine. Totally opposite to Nabal. This, this master was good and he was kind. And I wonder how many of us do not do what God asks us to do because we are afraid of God. We have misread his heart like this man misread his master's heart. Our God is a God who loves us. Our God is a God who is faithful to us. Our God is a God who keeps his word and if any of us have any doubt about how much he loved us, we just need to remember he sent us Jesus. He sent us Jesus, his one and only son, so that all who believe in him, all, say after me, all, all who believe in him will not perish but will have eternal life. That is not a cruel, unkind master. That is a God who loves us and wants the best for us. As you partake of the emblems this morning, I encourage you to examine your heart. What do you really believe about the heart of God? Maybe you need to make an adjustment. Maybe you just need to open your heart and give him thanks and praise for his love for you, for his faithfulness, whatever. I leave that up to you. So please come and serve yourself from the table. Also, for the money, we have the pottles who for those who choose to give on a Sunday morning. I know it says in here, talents. The talents actually refers to money.
And I personally believe we will be judged by what we have done with the um, finances that the Lord has given to us. Please come and serve yourselves.